On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group ranks the Prague Paula recently released albums. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. On this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Paul Zotter, Tom Corcoran, and Ken Gregory as we rank the Prague Paula recently released albums. Right, gentlemen. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, we haven't ranked anything, I think, in a while, and we have, um, at least according to our listeners, just finished up this segment on uh, relatively recently released prog albums that that sort of pinged on our radar for one reason or another. And um, I think when we started this, you know, it, it, this segment sort of expanded. I think originally it was supposed to be like four albums and and it wound up being eight and the more albums we added the more interesting it seemed to to force rank these and so hey that's what we're here to do because you know everyone loves a good ranking episode i I was just gonna say you just said we haven't ranked anything in a while and while that may be true here on progressive palaver i i question all you guys in your everyday life don't you guys rank stuff? Well, in everyday life? <laughs> uh, I feel like I rank stuff all the time. We here at the Palaver have not officially ranked something. Because we had, you know, we had at the end of the Fish Peter Gabriel segment, we were ranking everything in their grandmother. Yeah, right. Um, so, because over, over the holiday, I was talking with Nolan, and I, and I just offhanded said, I said, what? okay, let's rank your favorite coffee places. Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> Starbucks, right? Oh my God! Well, Paul, you, you rank Wawa's. You made us go to two different ones so we could get sandwiches, right. right? Right. I mean, I've Mike Feud and I have ranked the sandwich construction at fast food restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there boy. you go. Well, be that as it may, um, tonight. We here at the Palaver are going to force rank eight different releases. And I will present them in the chronological order in which I think we recorded them. Not 100% certain about that. Those would be, yes, From a Page, yes, The Quest, Stephen Wilson, The Future Bites, Marillion, An Hour Before It's Dark. King's X, Three Sides of One, Porcupine Tree, Closure Continuation, Tears for Fears, The Tipping Point, and Sound of Contact, Dimensionaut. Joe, when you said the word porcupine, it came out in a Texas accent. <laughs> it did. There's a reason for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, sort of, it's, it's sort of an ongoing joke. Um, literally, and, and this happened when, when Sarah and I went to see Porcupine Tree, um, 
in Irving, Texas, there were two gentlemen behind us discussing um, a little bit loudly just before the show. And one of the gentlemen referenced seeing porcupine tree. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. And I so, bet. so, honestly, every time we need a laugh, um, one uh -huh. of us will, yeah. will reference porcupine tree. So, <laughs> oh, boy. That's, that's, yeah, it's what's for dinner, you know? It, it is so. what's for dinner. <laughs> there are, um, there are other, you know, less savory, um, jokes along those lines that we make, but we will not share them here. Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing. Now, the interesting thing, and I'm, I'm kind of curious, right? Because not everyone on this call right now was present for discussing all of these records, which means we're going to have potentially some, uh, some surprises when we talk about these records, because there are, there are some opinions and feelings of which I'm just not aware. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, this, this is, this is going to be a fun one. I, I, I think it was geared a little bit more toward me because I, I was not a part of a lot of these, but, um, this is going to be a fun episode. So I, I, I did take some notes down for some of these episodes that, that I missed, but um, it's, it's great to see you guys all, all here together. It's always fun when we have a full house. It is always fun when we have a full house. Absolutely love yeah. it. Now, Mr. Gregory, you had indicated before we came on air that uh, you had some context that you wanted to provide around this particular ranking episode. Sure. In our context section, I'm always preaching the uh, historical, you know, uh, precedents to the albums that we talk about. What came, what, what came prior? What could have influenced? Uh, I want to do a similar historical thing, but for each album, I want to make a note of how many years it took to make the album, or maybe more specifically, years between albums. It's a fascinating measurement. Cool. Love it. Okay. Okay. The lowest number we have years to make the album is the rookie album in the bunch. Sound of context, mention not. I'm guessing it took somewhere between two and three years to make. Okay. All, all of these other albums took more than three years to make. Every one of them, really. Um, I'm going to say that Stephen Wilson's The Future Bites uh, coming off of To the Bone took four years. Some, something around there. Uh, and maybe he toured a lot with To the Bone. And, and was, that, was that the original release date or the, I, I, the previously scheduled release date? Because I think he was ready to release that record like a year before he did. Oh, good point. Good point. Okay. All right. So maybe that is closer to like a two or a three year album. And it just kind of blossomed into a four year album with uh, uh, COVID <laughs> and whatnot. Um, okay. Okay, uh, totally legit. Um, the next one, I'm going to say in between Fear and An Hour Before It's Dark, it took Marillion somewhere in the range of six years. That's an interesting uh, gap there for a band like Marillion, who, who, who otherwise has a pretty dense catalog and a lot of releases. Um, next, I was going to say that it took seven years to make The Quest. 
because Heaven and Earth was in the 2014 range and the Quest came out in 2021. Okay. Feels like seven years listening to the Quest. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in our rankings. There's a number for everything. Would be, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about uh, from a page. This is the weirdest one because it wasn't released when it was created. That's right. So I had to extrapolate the data. <laughs> it, 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 I said it took eight years to make because it was somewhere in between magnification and fly from here. Right. Yeah, I went with the number eight for that, eight years. Okay, that All seems right. reasonable. So now we get into the beasts, um, the ones that really took a long time to make. Um, Porcupine Tree, Closer Continuation, 13 years. Uh, anybody want to wait to guess what was that uh, prior album? Oh, I know the answer to this, but I don't, I can't remember it. Or I can't articulate it. The Incident, apparently. Yeah, The Incident. I knew it, I knew it was one of those little concepty type things. I, yeah, I think of Fear of a Blank Planet as the kind of endish of the porcupine tree kind of peak period, but they had the incident two years later in 2009. Okay, um, two more to go here. I would Next. like to just add in the, the fun about closure continuation is a lot of that was done in secret. It's a long you time. Know, it's a long time to keep a secret. I. I I have this vision of Stephen Wilson going over to Gavin's house. Like, is it, does he work on this stuff as intensely as his 5.1 mixes and his Dolby Atmos and everything? Is it like a job? And are they sitting down with graph paper? Or, or, or is that when they just like, you know, get out the Grand Marnier and toast each other and fuck off? Like, like, I... <laughs> I just want to know when he's walking over to Gavin's house, does he wear shoes? That's, <laughs> that's my question. See that we're we're here for the hard hitting news. We're we're yeah we're digging deep here. Um, one day we will know. All right, so um, fourteen years for King's X to make uh, three sides as one. Anybody want to guess what came prior? Fifteen became was prior, right? There you go. Yeah, yep. two thousand eight. So between two thousand eight and twenty twenty two, that's a long time. So I estimated that was fourteen years. And and the crazy one in the bunch is Tears for Fears, the tipping point. I'm giving that eighteen years. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. That's eighteen years after the Happy Ending album. Yeah. Yes, everybody oh loves a Happy Ending. Two thousand four. Is there okay? So here's a question alongside of that: Is there what I'll call a pandemic factor in some of these? Like, like we talked about the future bites. The it was like a negative factor, right? Because it actually delayed the release, delayed that from happening. But I feel like things like from a page and the quest. The only reason they were done and released is because people had extra time on their hands. And yes, was like, wow, we you know we're not doing anything else. We're not touring. We may as well put an album together. I don't know if that's true or not. Is that is that fair? I don't know if it's true or not. I 
And that's an interesting question, right? Would Yes have recorded the quest if they had been out touring Relayer and doing the things that they were planning to do? Would Oliver Wakeman have thought about finishing from a page and pushing for its release had they not? I suspect, because I want to say from a page came out really early in the pandemic, which suggests that yeah. Oliver had done his work beforehand. But I think the question around the quest is a very fascinating one. Is From a Page considered a full-length album, or is that an EP? Eh, I'd consider it an EP. I would say it's an EP, but they packaged it with a full-length live album, which makes it, you know. Yeah. I see. Powers a full album's worth of punch. Yeah. Um, and it, as they... As David Lee Roth may have said once or twice, it's uh, there's no fluff in it. It's just the good stuff. <laughs> Do you think that same question would apply to Three Sides of One? Because, uh, I mean, Doug Pinnock was doing a lot of other things. Um, you know, and... Yeah. and it, yeah. It, it's, I, th I think it actually, though, was a, negati a negative... Uh, factor for them because i feel like you're right they were doing a lot of things but they had always they they were planning to do this album they were talking about it and they were just trying to find the right time and then the pandemic i think most of it was done before the like you said like you were saying like most of it was done before the pandemic but because they were all at a distance they wanted to be together to mix it and it delayed everything and but yeah, yeah i mean joe touched on this i mean i think the pandemic in relation to king's x is more of a smaller part of the equation because I mean, if you look at all the projects Doug Pinnock has been in with the George Lynch and the, the mm. Jimi Hendrix one and the, and mm -hmm. that blues, that blues rock album. Yeah, there was like two albums for that. Um, there's like a couple of his solo albums. So I mean, I don't know. I think Doug just loves. Like truly, truly loves what he does. I mean, everyone we talk about, you could say that I mean, yeah. about that person. But I mean, he's just a workaholic and loves being a part of things. And when he gets a call from somebody, you know, he wants to make it happen, and he and he just he just works from from project to project to project. I mean, and there's probably so many projects that you know I'd have to you know really go down an official list to see i'd probably be blown away by all these other ones that i can't even think of right now but uh, I, in 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 retrospect i don't know if the pandemic could really be blamed for that 14 years because i mean it, he's always doing stuff man he's just always touring um well yeah Jimi hey. Hendrix, that, that well, kenny hey. arnoff one with the the, the Jimi hendrix experience it's it's just it's just endless with him, and um, I mean anyone who follows him on the social media stuff, you know, knows he's always like doing something new that you're just like, oh my gosh, where did, where did this come from? So I think he just loves being a part of all this stuff. I, I I agree. My my point was more since the pandemic happened and he couldn't do all those other things, and I mean, is that what did it? Because when you look at you know gaps of seven. 8, 13, 14, 18 years, right? I mean, clearly this, you know, the three sides of one closure continuation and the tipping point were not 
super high on somebody's list. If they were, they could have done it in half the time. So, right. you know, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. I'd never even contemplated that before you mentioned it, Paul, but I think it's, it's a very valid question. All right. So uh, we've got these albums, and we, I, I, I propose that that we use a scale from one to eight and that um, the higher number is better. So are you guys down with that? What? Is that going to make your spreadsheet work? I like it when... Oh, so you you're, you're flipping the, the numbers because normally... The number one is number one. Yeah, so normally lower is better, but we can... Is that oh, okay. No, I can I, 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 I can do that too. All right. No, you. if that's what we did in the past, that's, that's what we'll do. Yeah. All right. Should be All right, golf so, score. So a yeah. lower score. All right, golf scores. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it. On it. Making it happen. Okay, so that being said, we have eight albums. We have four individuals. Do we want to do them in groups of two? Or do we want to do three, three, and two to move things along? Okay, so we're going to do... Maybe we should do three. Three and then and two and three, two. Three, three, and two, just like Joe... You said yeah. three, three, and two. Yeah, yeah, we could do three, three, and two because we all know what the. I mean, the eighth one is going to be for all of us. So it's basically like <laughs> it's like the center square. It's like the centerpiece. It okay. makes it like it makes it a showdown for the last two. Okay, yeah. works for me. All right. So that being said, we will start out, and we will each of us go from bottom to top. So we will provide to the other members of the palaver are eight, seven, and six-placed albums. Fair? Sweet. Sweet. All right. Who wants to go first, gentlemen? I'll go first. Okay. All right, so no surprise, number eight is The Quest, because I don't like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what may be uh, the most controversial ranking of the night for me? Ooh. Coming in at number seven, an hour before it's dark. Wow. I was afraid of that going into this, but yeah. yeah. And and I and I definitely like the you know I ever since I got that record and I put it on, I have just had the same experience. As soon as it starts. It's uh, it's just like the same as it ever was kind of thing, and I just haven't been able to make room in my brain for it. And I know there's so many. You guys have uh, have said such great things about it. So many other people, people who listen to the palaver, um, you know, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about this. And you know, it's so great. And but I just haven't been able to connect connect with it. So it comes in at number seven for me. And then um, I don't know if it's if this is surprising or not, but you know, with this next one, like many of their other albums, I like everything about it, but I never really feel compelled to listen to it. I don't become inspired by it, and um, and so it kind of leaves me with a kind of like in the long run, I'm just kind of like, okay, I love everything about it, but I'm not going to play it. Um, and that is closure continuation. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, number eight is the quest. <laughs> 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 uh, um, listen, 
there is this. So I equate the stuff that we talk about. I put them into three categories. Uh, one of three categories. In layman's terms, it's either a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or actually what Paul was talking about, maybe something that I, I respect and that I like talking about, but I just know that I really won't go back to listening to it. Um, and it's something that maybe enriches me in a certain way or I appreciate something about the album. could be lyrically, it could be musically, it could be production-wise. But I, I just have no interest in, in, in hearing it again. The Quest is the only one of the eight that is just a clear thumbs down. And I, I won't spend too much time on it uh, just for the sake of trying to be positive. But it's just a, a real passionless album. that There's a, a real disconnect there. And uh, I think not having someone, not having an adult in the room like Chris Squire really really hurt the album so that's number eight um and paul you and i are on on this one um an hour before dark is number seven for me wow well uh you know when we talked about it i i really wanted to like it and when we talked about it, i think with this episode it was just joe ken and myself and i remember you know trying to bring the things out that i liked but I was almost like forcing myself to – I was trying to be – I was a little too optimistic with it because I, I love Marillion so much. and I, But I, I really have no interest in, in ever hearing that album again. And there wow. – really I, – I feel so validated all of a sudden. This is awesome. It, you know, I, I just – I like – I love the conversation that we had in the episode – Joe and Ken and I, I, there are points of it. There, there are parts of it that are enjoyable, but I, I just, there's just nothing new for me. And as much as I would listen to it, and I, I thought, okay, I'll listen to it in different settings: in the car, in the in the studio, in while I do dishes or whatever. And it was just like it just always would. It just it just wouldn't stick to me. So mm -hmm. it, uh, I have to say that's number seven. Number six is something that I really did like, but it's still pretty low. It's from a page. Uh, I will say it's it's much better than the the quest, and there were some things that I I, I really enjoyed, um, but you know, I really haven't gone back to it to be honest since you know we first started talking about it, and it just didn't. Just didn't hold me, but uh, it certainly definitely has some good moments in there, and it was certainly worth you know talking about. But it, it it just it just didn't didn't hold me. So that's that's my first three. Fascinating. Mm. Okay, I honestly forgot that from a page had the live album as part of it. And I bought the CD, and it's in my vehicle. Um, I just haven't been compelled to put it in. And unfortunately, from a page, is my number eight. Ooh, and I it's know it's not wow. unanimous. Look at that. And I wow. And and, and and yeah, if I was reaching for late model, yes, I'm a big fan of Heaven and Earth. I, I like just just kind of the 
it's a little lighter. It's interesting. It's 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 got Chris, and I I, I know, um, uh, you know that's a thing. But long story short, the quest is my number seven, and, and I'm still rooting for you know some 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 kind of magic there. But in comparison to the Behemoth albums that they're up against, uh, the quest is is my number seven in this particular list. You know, oddly enough, uh, Stephen Wilson, The Future Bites is my number six. Ooh. It's really interesting. It's really technical. It's well done. It's classy. It's just not a go-to album for me. And I think it's the underlying cynicism of Stephen Wilson in, 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 in both Closer Continuation and The Future Bites. I gravitated away from some of that cynicism that he does so well, so artfully, and that, you know, I love it. It makes me laugh. It makes me think. Um, but during this exercise, I went for uh, a little more kind of positivity or, or lightness or something. So that's where I'm at. I think that's exceptionally valid. Nice. Joseph. So when I sat down to do this, um, number eight and number one immediately presented themselves. That wasn't really even a question. Number seven quickly came into focus. And so I'm saying that as a means to, you know, to really say two through six, it, there were a lot of close calls there for me. Mm. Um, I, you know, I think all of these, these albums one through six are really well done. Um, I do think I have them in the order that I want them in, you know, like I said, n number one for me was, was a no brainer. Number eight for me was a no brainer. And that would be the quest um, because it's, you know, it's just not necessarily what I would have wanted from a yes record. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Tom, I think you described it as soulless, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I don't think that's an unfair description of it. It seems like, you know, a group of people playing at yes, rather than being yes. In, in my experience. I was, I was going to say it's not soulless. It's just that there, there's really old souls there. That's all. But you know, well, it's gonna, the only I'm, it's I'm the only album that, without a rhythm section in a room, uh, other than yeah, that, and, and that's, that's that's hard that's, to do, right? That's you know, great, that, that's great, not great point. that's yeah. that's not the way traditionally that yes has has recorded their their best stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I and I can't really say the old soul part because you know Jeff Downs is, I mean, like the stuff that he's putting out with DBA, I think is wonderful yeah i'm really gorgeous. enjoying that so yep. so yep. so that that's my number eight and i i actually quite enjoy from page but it is my number seven simply because you know from a page is is very bittersweet for me um i i think it's no secret that i absolutely loved benoit in yes i love the absolutely adore the original version of of fly from here 
I love the Live in Leon with Benoit singing. I remember seeing Yes on that tour and in real time thinking Benoit was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so this has Benoit. Like, that's great. But what it what this is, there, there, for me, there are a couple things wrong with this. One, there's not enough material here. And two, it's material that wasn't quite good enough to make it on fly from here. And, and I feel that. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the lyrical content, like the word from is on there too often. They're like five songs and two of the, (laughs) two of the songs have from in the title. It's like, Jesus Christ, come on. Um, So, you know, and, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just not compelling enough for me. And then my number six is also closure continuation. And I was, ah. I, I did a, I did a listen through to a lot of these today um, as I was driving north to south, just because I wanted to sort of, you know, sanity check myself along the way. And what I honestly felt and still feel with closure continuation, and and one of you guys said, you know, it's it's done very very well, which it is. But if I if I want to hear progressive Stephen Wilson, I'm going to put in "Hand Cannot Erase" or "The Raven That Refused to Sing." That there's nothing here that is overly compelling over something else, and I think those other two records, if I'm in a Stephen Wilson mood, are going to satisfy me much more than closure continuation and yet it's an amazing out like like yeah yeah gavin's gavin's work on closure continuation just lures me gavin is a mate like i and and part of the problem is that i'm not as familiar with the rest of the porcupine tree catalog but but you're absolutely right ken um i think stephen wilson is stephen wilson in that gavin is phenomenal to the point that I was thinking I need to see what else Gavin has done and see if he's as, you know, oh. as noticeable and, and wonderful in other things as he is on closure continuation, because he, you know, he, he's magic on this record. No doubt. He, he, what's the name of the band that, um, it, it's wasn't, was it, it wasn't Ross? fish on fish on Friday. What was the other, um, this is the problem. It's like, I, we we're, we're like I'm consuming more bands than than I can. Um, oh oh, the pineapple thief. The pineapple thief. Yeah yeah, Joe. I mean I mean he is like a monster on the pineapple thief, and the pineapple thief is not heavy by any stretch. Yeah, guys, and we I, should I think we should talk about out. the pineapple thief. <clears throat> Sorry awesome. to cut you off. I would love to talk about some of those albums, Paul. You had brought them up a couple years ago. We did, and I. I'll tell you, they have been in steady rotation ever since, with the exception of their very first album. Like every single album they have, I have been listening to in steady rotation. And I would love to talk about those guys. They're absolutely phenomenal. Yep. No argument here. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So we got, we got your eight, seven, and six, Joe. Cool. All right. So we're going to keep the same order. Paul, you're going to go okay. back and give us your. Sure. Uh, you're three, four, or five, four, and three. Five, four, and three. Sure. So, uh, for all of the many reasons that you just stated uh, recently, uh, Joe, I am. Uh, for me, number five is from a page. 
Okay. I really like it. I think that you know, if you put if you put those four that that I mentioned, the quest now before it start closure continuation from a page, said, you know, and I thought, what am I going to listen to while I I cook dinner? I'll listen to uh, from a page twice uh, before I I yeah. reach for those. I I, I I I truly love it. So it, it's a number five for me. Um, and I will say, you know, Joe, kind of to your point, like from here on out, like uh, these songs were uh, a, a, a bit interchangeable to some degree. My The next album, number f- the number four for me, it's been a while since I listened to it. So I wanted to pull it out to listen because I really like the songs on it. But then I thought if I did that, I I was going to it was it was just going to become like a battle and I was going to be up for like the next 3 nights trying to listen to all the, the other ones to see if what I really liked the most but I, but so I sort of shifted into what inspires me to help me um like when I think about these records so for number 4 the future bites while I really love the songs and and you know um more so than than some of the others on this list, um, I can recall them instantly. The melodies, I can sing them in my head. I can um, the listening to the future bites doesn't make me want to um, run downstairs and and do something in my studio. Doesn't want to make me shop for gear. Like it just doesn't give. It just doesn't you know fan the spark in the belly as I, much. I, as, I like that um, description. As the others, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think I think we have a new metric now. That's right. Does it make me want to buy gear? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and so, um, so am I doing number three too? Yes, yeah. please. So for number three, it's very similar to um, you know, the future bites, and yet it does give me that inspiration. It does make me. It, it may be directly responsible for the Yamaha keyboard that I just bought from Guitar Center, even though I haven't opened it yet because I haven't been home long enough to open it. Uh, but Dimensionot is gonna is gonna take the number three spot for me. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Good. 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 I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Cool. I mean, is is there any Dave Kirshner project that that does not make one want to buy gear? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. All, All right. right. Mucho. My number five is The Future Bites. I, I realized after listening to Closure Continuation that I'm much more comfortable listening to Stephen Wilson when he's more proggy. And uh, although I love, you know, listen, I'm a huge fan of pretty much anything he does, um, even though. You know, the Future Bites is probably my least favorite solo album, um, but it's still it's still good. Uh, I just uh, he gets a little preachy for me. I mentioned in our episode, it's just a little. Um, you gotta, you know, I, I just don't want to be preached to at this point in my life. And uh, although I do appreciate the production, and there are songs that I I, I do like. Uh, overall, it's not something that I'll go back to too much. Was and it I the will... Elton John voiceovers that you thought were too preachy? 
Um, no, I, I didn't have a problem with the Elton John voiceover. I probably would have more of a problem with the Elton John Ozzy Osbourne duet than anything. Um, <laughs> but it was a little a little too polished as well. And I, normally I won't say that about an album because a lot of the albums I like are are fairly fairly polished. I just um, I, I, I think well. I'll, I'll talk about closure continuation in, in a second. But number four is three sides of one. And I I really wanted to like this album. And I'll probably, you know, because King's X is easily in my top ten favorite bands, probably top five. I, I just, as I mentioned to you guys before, I, I just didn't connect with me. I, there was just something in it. Every time I tried to listen to it, it just it just didn't grab my strings. It just didn't grab the right strings. And there would always be something that I was like, all right, that's a great groove or just getting me enough to sort of get my goose a little bit. But it was, it was just a hard album for me to really fully get behind. It's, it's sort of, well, I guess that's sort of middle of the list. And then, um, uh, then three is closure continuation i i really enjoy that i I really enjoy that album and i i I love the jams on that album i mean it's just it's really i like how there's a song there but there's also some really great instrumentation and it's just um, a song that you can just really have fun with and it's stephen wilson but it's it's just not pretentious. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Sometimes Stephen Wilson's in here. Sometimes Stephen Wilson is pretentious. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll Sometimes. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just don't want the pretension. Um, so newsflash, Tom. When he performs with the uh, Porcupine Tree, he's still plenty pretentious. Okay. Okay. Well, I I don't feel that on that album. I no, just I, feel I, like it's more it, of a band. It's a very valid point. I, I'm yeah, not it, arguing with you at all. It's a band. They're they're together as one. There's like unity and there's just there's there's a spark for me. And I don't even feel like, oh, this is an album they did later in their career to sort of, you know, fill space or whatever. I, you know, I don't feel like there's any sort of you know problem with it i i feel it's a it's a, it's a strong it's a it's a strong album so it's a it's a strong number three but cool. you know I, I i i put it higher up well there we go i'm sorry tom that was closer continuation is your number three yes yes okay okay so the competition is so stiff here I mean, we're talking about Joe said you said, you know, between number two and number six, you know, you just just everything was so close. Yep. And some of these just being kind of epic with all these years of ideas contributing to them. Um, so I'm looking at my number five. Unfortunately, I gave rave reviews to King's X three sides of one. But, you know, you, 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 you've got three guys in a standard trio lineup up against uh, larger bands with lots of keyboards and, 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 and production and everything. And as much as I love the melodies, 
and everything that they did in, in in the studio and I I won't reiterate our episode um I'm surprised but uh three sides of one is only a five in this in this very competitive environment uh an hour before it's dark I I I gave a four and I'll reiterate what I said that um you really had to get it right when it was coming out and do the listen and it was still pandemic time and our worlds blew up and we didn't get to this album for six months and we lost the mojo it, it was a very conditional emotional wintertime pandemic album and we reviewed it in the summer when we were all fully back to normal life um we missed the vibe completely of that album and we didn't make the the lasting emotional connection and and here we go my number three is uh closer continuation porcupine tree uh it's it, i thought closer continuation was going to rule this episode and and the only mm. just 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 oh my god the odd times steven's like surprisingly amazing bass playing i mean i mean uh, uh, of all the instruments that steven will pick up and play this is the most surprising like 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 he ruled the bass on this album he he really brought in some 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 great things not just harrington but you know bass solo later in the album and whatnot yeah and great rhythms and it's just the way he he bounces off of um gavin is incredible it's just an amazing freaking album but but and I, I i i i think at the core of this episode 90s bands are 90s bands and that's porcupine tree and king's x um 70s bands are 70s bands that's you know yes on the quest and from a page are 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 you know reiterating their 70s influences and um 80s bands are 80s bands yes 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 with with with, with, with tears tears for fears being an 80s band marillion being an 80s band and 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 an honorary mention to sound of contact being a, a kind of 80s influenced uh thing happening there Interesting. so 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 um I am just just more of a '80s or '70s person than a '90s person. So, um, as amazing as I expected Porcupine Tree to be, uh, it was it it just couldn't it just couldn't be number one, no matter how amazing it was. I think it's there's too much tool in there. It's too much '90s. There's too much darkness in there. I love it, but I only want to cull my herd once a year. <laughs> you gotta call that herd ken it's very important <laughs> this is fascinating now i i've i've sort of cheated because i've already filled in all of mine and it's interesting how all of this is really coming into focus at this point but let me uh <clears throat> let me fill in in my blanks here so uh, you know again as i've already preambled and ken mentioned you know all of these are are relatively close for me i also have three sides of one at number five i really do enjoy this um it's interesting tom to hear you say how it didn't connect with you and part of the reason why i put it specifically above closure continuation is i think 
for me, Three Sides of One sort of rekindled my interest in King's X after Ogretones and 15, which just didn't grab me at all. Um, I, I do think it's, it's a little sparse, which prevented it from maybe moving up a little bit more. Ken, I think you sort of spoke to that. Um, but I do, I do find it to be, you know, in my own little limited brain, fundamentally King's X, which I really like as a fun aside, I mentioned, I listened to a lot of these on my transit from, from DFW down to college station today. And uh, this was the first album I listened to because it was raining pretty heavily when I when I started that trip. So playing Let It Rain just seemed very, very appropriate. And it was as much fun as I could have hoped for. So Ooh, I yeah. very, very much enjoyed that. Um, number four, oh. and, and I'm really surprised how well this has fared in this group because I really didn't. I, I I would have anticipated this album would have ranked much lower sort of across the board. And that is uh, Stephen Wilson's The Future Bites. This is an album that I did connect with. I do connect with. Um, I spent a lot of time enjoying this record. And um, I still I still get a, a big goose out of it. I, and I struggled initially with the preachiness, Tom, um, but I was eventually able to sort of wrap my brain around what he was trying to say. And it's it's really interesting because I, I, I have personally a pretty deep problem with Stephen Wilson as a person. <laughs> I, 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 as a musician and a producer, I find him to be absolutely fascinating. And I love what he does. And like with the future bites, you know, after I, I kind of in my brain figured out what I thought he was trying to do, I was like, this is great. But I'll tell you, by the time I was done seeing Porcupine Tree Live, as spectacular as that show was, I was sick and tired of looking at and listening to to Stephen oh, no. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, here's a question for you. Are you more sick of Stephen Wilson or the bass player for Pink Floyd, Roger Waters? Oh, fuck Roger Waters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very, very funny. Um, I just saw, uh, you know, something must have, have dusted up. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure it was on the, the Pink Floyd. It could have been on one of these other ones. But I saw something on um on instagram today it was a you know a little little video clip and it was you know probably early 90s david gilmore and someone was asking him you know how he felt knowing that you know one and a half million tickets to the tour had already been sold and he, his reply was well they're all happy roger's gone <laughs> and he's like oh did i say oh. that out loud <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Roger Waters, you know, that guy can go suck a nut. Anyway. <laughs> number three. This was, this was hard. Two and three I really, really struggled with. Um, but 
And I'm the first person to bring it up, which is also a little bit, actually, maybe it's not surprising to me. Um, number three is the tipping point. Absolutely brilliant. You know, if I talk about three sides of one recapturing the magic of King's X, the tipping point is phenomenal. We talked about in that episode, and, and I actually just listened to Raul and the Kings of Spain last week. Love that album. Love Elemental, love uh, the Seeds of Love. I love, um, I listened to songs from the Big Chair um, last week as well. Those albums are all great. And the tipping point is so good. I went back to Everybody Loves a Happy Ending because I'm like, maybe I just missed something. No, no, I didn't. That album really is not, it's not, it's not on level with the rest. And this album is so beautifully done and you know i think the songs on it are so enjoyable so that's my number three nice wow okay we've really Uh, narrowed in right competition here so before that's awesome joe before i i um reveal my my two and my one i just want to say how tickled i am that I'm the only person who's brought up Dimension on so far. <laughs> um, I I'm so excited about that. Um, to you know, after uh, after such a long a long uh, time in so many respects with that album. So one and two were pretty difficult for me, but there there was pretty clear winner. So you know, Joe, you just said it in reference to the tipping point. How. Um, you know they captured the magic, if you will, of um, of Tears for Fears. Well, well for me, you know, King's X is my favorite band, and and while Three Sides of One was a little bit of a slow slow burn for me, I I, I remember very clearly it coming out right a little bit before Labor Day. I hadn't really been that impressed with the singles that were released. And I spent that whole weekend, which was the weekend that Kathleen's son got married, driving around Montgomery County, listening to to it, really confused. And but like a little bit later that week, something happened, and I I I had been, it, they had captured the magic of of King's X, albeit in a very very different way, um, and I. I just really started to love the album, and then finally, when my 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 uh, four uh, vinyl orange fire vinyl, you know, that you have to play at forty five RPMs came, and then I started listening to it in that format, uh, it just it just really um, captured that magic for me. And I, you know, they're my favorite band. I I, I feel like I I love those guys as people, um, and the the magic that they captured just just brought it home for me and um and you know take the time that song on itself you know if i had to pick you know my favorite and best track from all of this that would that would be the one so there's just such great spirit in that and 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 wonderfulness and that's my number two um here and the reason that the tipping point becomes number one is 
very similar that, that that what you were saying, Joe, and you you touched on something. I listened to this album all summer long uh, this past year, and it did recapture the magic. But one of the things that the tipping point did that none of really none of these other albums did was rekindle my love of this band, Tears for Fears. I went back and and listened to everything and just like reveled in Tears for Fears for like two months because of the tipping point. And I have to say, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that now I'm gonna say that the uh, the um, King's X song that I just said is probably my favorite track of all of these. That that's wrong. It's uh, take the time to my number two track, Rivers of Mercy. I've literally spent hours in my wow in in my family room with like my LED lights, like I'm 15 years old again, uh, in the dark, just wallowing and 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 floating on a cloud, listening to that song and. Wow. And the tipping point is my number one spot. Rivers Sweet. of Mercy is a transformative listening yeah. experience. Well, uh, before I name my two, I just want to comment um, something that, that Paul just said. Paul, it makes me feel good when someone says something like that about a band that I love, uh, referring to what you were saying about King's X. Because they're 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 a band that I, I really do love those guys, and I feel like I do love them personally. Like I just we grew grew up listening to them and reading interview after interview, and now social media it's like they're sort of like integrated in in our hearts and souls. So even though I didn't have the same experience as you with their last album, I'm glad that it resonated with other people because. I'm always rooting for them. You know, it's just so yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed what you were saying. And I hope one day maybe I'll come to that same place as you. So I'll, I'll keep giving it a shot. But so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you liked it so much. Uh, my, my top two are, are interesting because I have never, the, the ones that are in my top two, I have not, heard these bands up until like a couple weeks ago and everything else on the list <laughs> everything else on the list you know are like were part of my life right i mean at least the bands are and uh i mean i i'll be honest uh, here's my confession i've never listened to a tears for fears album before the tipping point and it was just even um you know like last week or something i first listened to it and i've just been blown away by it so um, that's just another reason why you guys did this you know, palaver is amazing because I would have never listened to Tears for Fears if it wasn't for you guys. But I I love it. I, I absolutely love this album and I look forward to going back and and digging into their their catalog because this was a wonderful, wonderful album to discover. And it's great to exercise too. It's great to go on walks and hikes, and it's it, and it's just you. You really. I mean, I was driving around with it today in the car. You know, picking up the kids at school. I mean, wherever you're at, you can get a piece of it and get into it emotionally. I love the production. I love 
all the uh, female vocals in it. I mean, everything just comes into place. And so, uh, actually, I, I really want to thank you guys for um, bringing this to my attention because I, I would have never listened to this if, if it wasn't for you guys. And I, I loved it. And um, so it's, it's number two. And the same with the Mishnah. And I, that's number one. Great. I absolutely love it. Now, I have a quick question. Ken, over the summer, you sent me something. <laughs> and it was this. And I was it a, a track off of this or was it something different? Because I remember I liking the music. But somehow the lyrics just sort of like bothered me. And I, I don't really, I can't remember it's i can't remember it was mobius slip uh -huh. it was yep okay okay well for some reason it just didn't get under my skin uh, like it did you know this last round and i think i really needed to just get engulfed in the whole album but i love it and you know it's well earned as number one in my in my book because it has everything that i love and uh, again, I wouldn't have known these guys from anything if it wasn't for you guys. So this is this has been a wonderful journey um, <laughs> um, in, into these guys, and I uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this album. And I, it's really one of those albums that um, yeah, I listen to the, the Drew Townsend album a lot. And that's like heavy rotation. And this has just been up there with that. I've just been like, if I'm not listening to one, I'm listening to the other. And so that's Devin Townsend tone. I'm sorry, Devin Townsend. <laughs> Devin Townsend. And uh, hmm. the Devin Townsend album is just phenomenal. And I can't say enough about it. And this, I get as excited with this album as I do with Devin Townsend. So, um, Kudos to, to nice, and uh, I mean it's it's just it's a, it's been a really fun ride. Oh, wonderful! Thanks for that share, Tom. That's that's amazing. We we, we revel in this podcast when you and I actually agree. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and we have the same uh top two i i i i've i've got uh the tipping point at number two and i've got dimensionaut at number one and and you gave dimensionaut a rave review so i'll approach the same thing from a different angle just fundamentally uh, listening to this again yesterday with the um lyrics and the uh concepts a beautiful song I use the example of Genesis, the musical box, where he's he's saying, uh, "Touch me." You know, Peter Gabriel is just screaming, "Touch me!" And 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 I love dual meanings. I, I I love just these fundamental song lyrics that pop out of you that could be in the story, but they stand on their own. And there are so many musical and lyrical moments where kind of the music and the ideas all gel together and it could just be anything. It's, it's just the right communication at the right time. So I needed something positive, a little less 
cynicism, a little less, you know, dirty, grimy 90s something to, to win this episode. And it like sound of contact became, you know, the clear winner. And they're and they're the rookies in the bunch. They, they they just kind of emerged among all these veterans here, and you know they 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 brought that that spitfire, that piss and vinegar that the genre needed. And uh, I I think they deserve to be here in this uh, episode. Yeah, Indeed. nice, outstanding. So this is uh this is gonna be an interesting finish so my number two is really the odd man out here in that i have an hour before it's dark in at number two wow. and it's interesting uh you know ken i think the point that you made of you know missing the 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 crucial time was you know certainly a factor here um but i did end up connecting with this record and then we palavered on it and i got an even deeper understanding of it and in my estimation the album became even more for that and when i first started putting this list together a week ago an hour before it's dark was a couple of of slots further down the list but when I went back and revisited it and was reminded of the, the ways that I experienced these songs, it wound up here because, you know, for me, um, I think, I think Marillion has earned that for me. And I do appreciate the places that Steve goes I appreciate the the sort of points that Steve Hogarth will put in front of me and ask me to contemplate. And I very much appreciate the way that he was able to sort of, well, I say he, but the band were able to sort of coalesce the the really exceptional experiences globally of the last several years and so that's why for me um an hour before it's dark comes in at number two that is not enough to save it as it were um on this uh on this list and uh yeah and like i said when i started this this was a, a no-brainer in terms of number one i also have dimension Out at number one Dimension Knot is an album where once I got it, I literally listened to it nonstop for probably eight weeks. Um, I don't think I've had an experience like that since Fly From Here. I, I maybe have, but Fly From Here is, is the last one that I vividly remember literally listening to the same album over and over and over again to the exclusion of everything else. And, you know, I was so excited to talk about it on the palaver. And, and, and that episode was one that we had to keep postponing a little bit as things sort of piled up in front of it, which on one hand was really frustrating to me, but on the other hand was wonderful because it gave me more time to just roll around in the wonderfulness um, that is that particular record. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, 
there's so much to to recommend it. It it's a one off. Obviously, you know, Sound of Contact doesn't have any other records uh, per se, but they were able to do something that was so wonderfully original while being in genre. I just think it's it's really quite remarkable. And Ken, if I'm doing my math right, this is like the first time we don't have a tie anywhere. Oh, oh, you're correct. You're correct. Um, uh, uh, is it time? Drum roll. I, I, I think it's time. Revealing the scores. Okay. Um, uh, so, 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 with a total of thirty-one points, we have yes with the quest. Uh, with a total of 26 points, we have yes from a page. With a total of 19 points, we have the future bites. And the rest of this just goes to show that we like the rhythm section to be in the same room. Uh, we've got uh, an hour before it's dark with um, 20 points. We've got... Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um so I read that out of order. It, it would have been um, yeah, quest no. from a page and then an hour before it's dark and then Stephen Wilson edging out Marillion. Yep. Okay. And then Porcupine Tree does uh, 18 points. Uh, that, that's interesting, right? Because you've got four, five, and six are all separated by a point. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then separated by two points, uh, c coming in with uh, 16 on their golf score, uh, King's X with three sides of one. So now we've really, really gotten down to the single digits golf scores. And it's just stunning how uh, Tears for Fear is with eight points and Dimensionaut with uh, six Sound of contact. So we have a, a very clear one and two. Yeah. A very clear eight. And, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of the middle is, is really close to each other. This is, this is fascinating. I love it. So, so what was number two again? I'm sorry. The tipping point. Tipping point. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Good. Yeah. So basically Tom, your, your top two are, are the top two for the whole group in the exact order that you, as you, as are so yours. Are yours. <laughs> so are yours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this was really interesting. I, I I'm a little surprised um by this. I I really didn't think Dimension Aunt would come out on top. I expected it to be near the top, but I didn't expect it to be number one. Uh honestly, I, I expected the tipping point to be up there based on the way that Ken and Paul were gushing over it. Uh what was that back in the springtime? Seems like a really long time ago. We're still, you know, all this prog and we're still suckers for a melody. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say that I gave Sound of Contact an honorary 80s award, but they're really like a uh, new millennia band, whatever. Yeah. The, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 they really loop into a lot of this. And, but I wanted to say the new project from Simon Collins and Kelly Nordstrom called E Molecule. Only three songs are out. And that's interesting because that's got more of the 90s grit going on. So I'm going to say 
that uh, Kelly Nordstrom, with a little bit of drop tuning in a couple places, um, puts a real kick into the ass to the the sound of contact model. And 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 Simon is is really digging in, and and they've come up with uh, some odd time stuff, some wickedly weird stuff. Like I said, some drop tuning, and um, m- maybe if you compare and contrast Dimensionaut with uh, Dave Kersner's The Traveler with uh, Simon Collins on E Molecule, you can pick out. I challenge you, gentlemen, to pick out the simon influences versus the dave kersner influences i love those kind of adventures those are great right right uh, right right all these years later you know we we have this source material to kind of zero in on maybe you know who's who but you know they, they were they were brothers from another mother and i think they influenced each other but fuck it play play the game and and, and see if you can make heads or tails of uh, the lineage there that's crazy Thanks for sending that, Ken. So anything else we need to say about this list so I can wrap this up at least? No. I mean, I think this was uh, this was an interesting segment for us to do. Uh, you know, most of these were released within the past couple of years. Dimension Knots a little bit older in terms of that, but still, I mean, relatively young compared to what we normally talk about. And I think this was a pretty broad spectrum of albums to talk about with certainly with the tipping point. I think we, we, you know, stepped over the line into Prague, not Prague territory and, and, and look at how it fared. I, I just find this little exercise to be extremely illuminating in all of this. And, you know, again, it just, it, it sort of emphasizes how much fun we have doing this and i'm glad that we don't always limit ourselves and we stay open to the possibilities and you know we find some some interesting things and hopefully our listeners feel the same way so uh, as always i appreciate you guys sort of playing along and uh yeah this was this was very cool thanks gentlemen thank you joe We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at Progpala on all of those or search for Progressive Palaver. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcast. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.